Welcome to Podcraft, honing the art of podcasting. The bite-sized show that covers one topic in depth each series. Your complete podcasting guide. Podcraft brings the pieces together so you don't have to. And now your host, Colin Gray. Hey, and welcome to another episode of Podcraft Series 4. This is a series on planning and delivering your podcasting content. Now, last time around was the first episode of the series. We were talking about planning and strategizing your podcast itself. So that's the overall strategy, the overall aims of your podcast. Planning out what you're going to do, what your format is, all that kind of good stuff. And I was talking to Mark Asquith of the Excellence Expected podcast about that. By all means, go back and visit that again at podcraft.net forward slash 401. This time around, though, we're on to the second episode of the series, and this time we're on to planning the detail of the episodes. So last time it was the overall podcast strategy. Now we're talking about how to plan the logistics of each and every episode, how to schedule in your recordings, how to actually schedule interviews, how to actually organize your podcasting episodes. Now, for the detail on this one, you can go to podcraft.net forward slash 402. So that's 402 for series four, episode two. And I'd love to see your comments on there. So please do pop on there after you listen to the episode and leave me some feedback. I've got a couple of questions on the show notes there. And obviously you'll get the details of everything we're talking about today. So what are we talking about today? Well, I've just told you the subject, but who are we talking to? Now, I've got a very special guest today, and that is Mr. John Lee Dumas. Now, if you listen to any business podcasts, anything around entrepreneurship, small business, that type of thing, then no doubt you've come across John Lee Dumas. He delivers the Entrepreneur on Fire podcast seven days a week, every single day, and he has been doing that for the last couple of years plus. So I thought, who better to talk podcasting logistics, scheduling, episode planning than this man who has managed to deliver such a lot of content over the last couple of years in such a timely fashion, and he's never faltered once over that entire time. So he has to know a thing or two about episode planning. And I tell you what, it gives us a ton of great content today. We've got loads of value from John for everything from how he plans his episodes, how far ahead he plans them, how he actually records them, how he contacts his interviewees and how he preps them, uh, and even ways for automating a lot of this. Because John does so much, he actually manages to automate a fair bit of it. And we finish up with some great tools that he uses to uh, to manage the whole thing, including automation, communicating with his team, all that good stuff. So we're going to talk about all of that and give you tons of information around how you can manage your own podcast better, even if you're not doing it every day as most of us do. Uh, a lot of this is so applicable to any schedule, whether you're doing it weekly, fortnightly, monthly or anything at all. So let's get to the content. And as I said, please do give me feedback. I'd love to hear what you think. And if you do have a chance, pop on iTunes, give me a review. That would be much appreciated. It so helps get the show out there. But anyway, enjoy the conversation. The podcast host, honing your skills. Get your free equipment buyer's guide at thepodcasthost.com forward slash kit. Get the right equipment. First time. So John, thanks very much for joining me on the podcast. 
Colin, I am fired up to be here, my friends. Excellent, excellent. Um, so yeah, just uh, nobody really needs an introduction for you, do they? Everyone knows who John Lee Dumas is. <laughs> well, then I won't give an introduction, but I will say that I love uh, your podcast and was like really excited like a little schoolboy when you mentioned my name. <laughs> oh, well, thank you very much. That's, uh, that's very nice of you. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, as a wee introduction, actually, um, the reason I wanted to get you on is because this series of PodCraft, uh, I am looking at planning and delivering content. So it's all around how you uh, get stuff out there to your listeners um, and get it in a format that really works, actually, to get gets people really engaged. Um, and when I was thinking of an episode to actually just plan those podcasts, plan those episodes, make it all sustainable, I couldn't really think of anyone that would be more expert in that than somebody who puts out uh, a podcast every single day and has done for the last, how long is it now? Two, three years? Yep, we are coming up on 800 episodes. <laughs> So yeah, that's why I wanted to have a chat with you, John. I thought you must be the <laughs> podcast planning expert, and even more so now, actually, now that you've got the uh, quotes on fire out as well, don't you? Oh, you do your research, Colin. I like you. <laughs> well, not so much research, it's just uh, enjoying your content, John. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so uh, so yeah, I just, um, I guess, to get started on it, um, I'm thinking that probably your process has changed in terms of planning podcasts quite a lot over the last three years. Is that right? It totally has. Yeah. Um, so just to get started, what can you describe what it was like right at the start? Like, you know, when you first first started podcasting, what were you, uh, what kind of processes did you go? How did your, how did your episodes start out life back in the, back in the day, back in the first 10, 20? <laughs> well, I can tell you what straight up, Colin, is that I did a lot of things wrong when I first started, but I did do a couple things right. And those two things that I did do right was number one, I hired a mentor and number two, I, I joined a mastermind. So I was able to, go from being completely clueless about the world of podcasting to becoming fairly knowledgeable really quick by just inundating myself with it. But what's really interesting about the scheduling and the planning that we're going to be talking about today is that I was told by my mentor, the very successful and still successful to this day, Jamie Tardy, the eventual millionaire, mm-hmm. um, and the podcast answer man himself, Cliff Ravenscraft, that was a mastermind that I was a part of, both of them um, told me straight up that, John, I think that a seven-day-a-week podcast is a bad idea. You're not going to be able to schedule it. You're not going to be able to continue it. You're going to get burnt out. Your listeners are going to get burnt out. Um, and you know, to put a little asterisk in here, I mean- hundred percent. The, you know, the mentorship I received from both of those people was absolutely invaluable. And I added 99% of what they said directly into my business, which was a huge plus. But in this one area, Colin, I was adamant that I was going to do a seven day a week podcast. So I had to come up with a system. I had to come up with a schedule. And what I decided to do was the batching method. You know, it was going to be really focused on the aspect of Parkinson's law, which I still subscribe to with everything else in my business, not just podcasting, but tasks will expand to the time that you allot them. So I said, I am going to just dedicate Tuesdays to be my studio day. And that is going to be the day that's starting at 8 a.m. And then every hour on the hour, I'm going to schedule an interview um, for every single hour until 4 p.m. So that will be eight interviews every single Tuesday. And it's going to be a long day. It's going to be a lot of energy for my part. But it's one day that I know that I can get through and I can bring my full energy to every single interview. And by the end of it, I will have completed eight interviews and I will be done for the week and I can focus on other parts of the business. So that was absolutely critical, Colin, to realize that I couldn't let my daily schedule take over my life. I had to take 
control of that schedule. And I did that by the batching method. And I use a couple of very specific tools that we can definitely talk about. But the reality is, is that, you know, people that you're going to reach out to, if you're going to do an interview based podcast, they want you to have some openings for them. They don't want to have to create the ball and to start this email back and forth. So if you do step up and say, listen, these are some great openings I have for you. Here's a few. If none of these do work, then I'd love to know what works for you. That can be a great way to really start booking in that batch format. Yeah, that, that, I think that's one of the things I'm most interested with yourself. I mean, you're talking to, like you say, you're talking to seven or eight people every single week. That I, I could see that getting really out of hand in terms of planning a time it takes up to actually just get that all booked in. Do you have a, what tools do you use for that? The most important one that saved my life is Schedule Once. It is an unbelievable tool that allows you to have your own unique links for not just um, say entrepreneur on fire, but for everything. And I'll give a quick little example. So when I send an email to somebody that I want to be an entrepreneur on fire, I will s- send them this this very um, you know cool but canned Gmail response that just is like the entrepreneur on fire spiel. And at the end, it'll say, "If you you know, I'd love for you to book um, yourself on my scheduler link." And it'll be this very unique URL that when people open it up, it will only show them openings on Tuesdays on the hour, every hour between eight to four. And then if they go through that, they find a time that works for them. And it doesn't have to be the next week. You know, it might be, it's any Tuesday down the line. So they can find any time that works for them. And then they book that and then it asks them and they have to fill in their Skype ID, a 50 word bio. And then the schedule once also will send them a one week, 24 hour and five minute reminder, which can be customized completely to whatever works for you and whatever you're doing. So that one email that I send, Colin, is the only email correspondence that goes back and forth because that guest is going to get that and then they are going to book it themselves. It will show up on my Google Calendar automatically on theirs too and it's all um, time zone specific. So for you, it would be in your time zone and so there's never any questions on that and it's flawless. But what's critical about schedule once is it allows you to, to have other links too. So when I'm going to be interviewed on other shows, I send a separate link that just opens up a different block of times on a different day. So there's never any confusion. And on this one, I give you the information that you need. You know, maybe it's my bio and my Skype ID. And then we'll even send you reminders saying, hey, you scheduled an interview with John, you know, make sure you're there on time, X, Y, Z. So you can use that for everything. I use it for my 30-minute coaching calls. You know, I, set it, I, I do it for my blitz strategy sessions and they're all different links and it keeps everything so structured. That, yeah, that sounds like something I need to get involved in. Yeah, <laughs> As, <huge> uh, <laughs> you, Well, how um, did you like that process? Because I did, or did I just end, okay, I don't think I actually put you through that because I was like, I just need to get on Colin's show because he's awesome. But <laughs> typically, for the less cool people, they get my schedule link. <laughs> oh, well, uh, very privileged. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, I didn't get the reminder. The reminder emails are what I like of that, of that idea, yes. actually, because like um, you will know, I just I emailed you a couple hours ago just to check on, um, just to contact and to, actually, that was to do with the time zones as well because we're obviously way different time zones. Right. And I'm always slightly worried about the whole, British summertime, all that kind of stuff. Like we're kind of out by an hour sometimes. So yeah, I we like have that. Daylight idea. savings time. Do you yeah. guys even have that? That's exactly the same thing. Yeah, we call it British summertime, which is a bit yeah. strange, but yeah. Exactly. So that always is a, is a big concern. So yeah. I wish I had put you through that scheduler link um, just so we could be talking about it better now. But the reality <laughs> is, and this is what, you know, what you'll find too, um, you know, as a listener right now, when you start to kind of approach people that do have a lot of demands on their time, mm-hmm. like for me, that link, I don't have any openings until January because, you know, I'm very specific about only doing it during those slots. And it's like yeah. when those slots are filled up, I'm like, 
you know, I'm sorry, I just, I just can't fit, you know, this is the next available time for me. And that's why you really, as an entrepreneur, have to be in control of your schedule yeah. because, you know, Parkinson's law is so true. Great. Yeah, that's great. So, so you literally, even in the early days, you were only sending one, maybe two emails max at the start. Yeah, you know, yeah. and I will say that I was a lot more flexible when I did start as far as I had more days because I wasn't a proven commodity at that point. You know, nobody knew me. So I would maybe have, you know, Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, I'd have some blocks and times to give some flexibility to the person I was reaching out to to make it better for them. But then once I launched and had some proof of concept and really got some great names on there and people wanted to be on, that's when I really started saying, okay, now I'm going to become very structured. And I'm just going to say, hey, I would love if this works for you, but if it doesn't, I'm sorry, this is my studio time. Yeah, yeah. How, how far, so you had, that was eight, seven or eight episodes per week. How far ahead were you actually managing to plan stuff? Was it literally just for that upcoming week or did you ever, were you ever further ahead than that? My buffer rarely drops below 30 and okay. rarely goes above 45. I like to live in that area, column because mm-hmm. I, I get a little nervous if I'm much below 30 just because things happen. You know, I might need to, like, I, I you know, my, my grandmother passed away um, in, in early uh, 2014. So I was just able to that day fly out for a week and be with her, you know, as that happens. Um, and it was really important that I didn't have to worry about anything with the business. So like, you know, things like that happen. So I like to, I like to call it actually about a month buffer. So for me, that's 30. For someone that has a weekly podcast, that's only four episodes ahead. That's not a huge deal. So I like to say a minimum 30, but I don't like to go over 45, Colin, because although my podcasts truly are evergreen, I don't want to really be living in the point where I'm interviewing somebody and saying, yep, your interview will be live in about four or five months. I'll interview one, you know, because then it's just not as relevant to them. They might even forget what they what we talked about. They might not promote it as hard to their audience because they might have kind of lost that good vibe that we had because of just time passed. So I feel like a month to, you know, anywhere between a month to two months of a buffer is where most people should be living. Yeah, that's a really nice point. Uh, yeah, for somebody with a weekly podcast, that is literally only four or five, six shows maximum. Yeah. And it really shouldn't be that hard to get that buffer in there. Um, and the promotion thing as well there, I think I really like that because I, I kind of end up in that situation where when I'm doing series, I kind of plan ahead possibly more than some because I have to be thinking about the topics a little bit more. Um, so I was thinking the other day about when I'm going to get this one on, for example. Um, and that should be actually right about then. It'll be the four or five week mark. So, oh, cool. um, yeah, so hopefully that works. And it'll in. still be fresh in my mind and I'm going to yeah. be like, wow, we rocked it. Let me share this with Fire Nation. Yeah, totally. So, yeah, I mean, you don't want to lose that opportunity, do you? I mean, I, I know you've talked about that in the past, the that's a, a nice way to promote a podcast just that partnership with the other person you're talking to so yeah yeah totally and even just to quickly expound upon that i mean mm-hmm. picture you know the listeners right now i mean every single day i have a new interview going live with a guest who's a successful and aspiring entrepreneur what do they have in common they have large audiences and so if i make it easy for them which i do by my first email every single morning is to that guest whose interview just went live saying Seth Godin, Tim Ferriss, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk, your interview just went live on Entrepreneur on Fire. I'd be honored if you would share it with your audience. Here's all the links to do so. So I make it so simple for them to do so, Colin. Yeah. And then, you know, they share. And then that's every single day a new audience is hearing about Entrepreneur on Fire for the very first time, is listening for the first time, are becoming subscribers and potentially even evangelists. And that's happening seven days a week. <laughs> that's really interesting, actually, as part of the planning process. Do you have any, do you schedule them or do you actually email them yourself every morning? 
It's a it's um an actual email from my inbox, uh-huh. but is written and sent by my VA. Uh, okay, yeah. So it is automated um, to a person, so yes. it's not me. Mm-hmm. Great. So yeah, yeah, because I can see that, especially with a daily show, that getting a little bit. I, I, for example, I'm finding in this series at the moment, I'm doing a daily one for just four weeks, and actually schedule sched- uh, scheduling scheduling all of the um, the <laughs> You're tweets. You're talking to an American. I'm messing up your English. Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> scheduling all the social media stuff is quite tricky. Um, do you ha- I take it? Do you have team members that take part of that as well, a promotion of it on your own social media channels? I do absolutely. That's a hundred percent outsourced to my team. You know, I have a I have a team that I've personally trained. You know, that they have processes and they do send me. You know, like a quick snapshot of what's going out. So I do give a glance over and, and verify and approve it. But that's all not myself because you know. And, and this is something I know we're not going to be getting into deep, but it's something that I do want to um, kind of plant in your listeners' minds. You know, there are things that are called ten dollar tasks, a hundred dollar tasks, a thousand dollar tasks, and ten thousand dollar tasks, and Whenever there's a $10 task that can be done, such as scheduling a social media tweet or Facebook post, like that's, you're, you're essentially paying yourself $10 an hour if you're actually doing it. And that's the kind of stuff that needs to be outsourced first. And at this point in my business column, I'm only looking to work on the $10,000 tasks. You know, I'm really going big picture. And anything that's below that, you know, I'm looking to outsource to my team. Yeah, yeah, no, that's a really nice point. Um, in terms of that, do you have a particular process then per episode and uh, for, say, the email that goes out to remind the guest and the social media stuff? Do you have a kind of standard operating procedure that your team go through? I, we do. It's very SOP, standard operating procedure, and it's, it's very structured. You know, that it all starts with that email. And then we really focus um, the rest of our social media that day on that guest. So we do uh, typically between three to five Facebook posts every single day. And one to two of them will be focused on our guest. We do between 12 to 15 tweets per day. Um, four to five of them will be focused on our guest. I live in that like 33 percentile range of every day that's focused on my episode, on my guest. And then the other 70, you know, 65, 66% of the stuff that we're doing is all just value, is all other things that are not entrepreneurial fire. And I'll tell you what a lot of those things are actually, Colin. They're curated content that my VAs have gone back into my past 750 you know, plus episodes. And I continue to pull the current content from my past guests and promote that. So, you know, like we had Chris Brogan on. So, you know, um, I'll still have my VA go back and tweet or, or do a social media mention of a recent uh, Chris Brogan um, article. And what I do, and what, what really is important there is that it reminds your, list, your, your past guests that you still care, you know, that you're still thinking about them, that you're still promoting them to Fire Nation because they're part of the Entrepreneur on Fire alumni and they always will be. So I'm always promoting my past guests' current stuff, even though it's drawing people away from Entrepreneur on Fire over 65% of the time, that's how I love to, to run our social media. I mean, that'll be why people, I mean, think, that, well, you give out so much value, that'll be why you have such rabid fans though, isn't it? I like to think so, Colin. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the way I see it. I mean, you're, you're, yeah, you don't just push your own stuff, you push other people's as well. And if you work that kind of thing into your plan in terms of promoting your own podcast, I think it, it, it shows a bit of integrity for a start as well as actually just giving people a lot of more of what they want. So... Yeah, I think yeah, it can there, only and work. There's a, and there's a quote that I really do live by that I really kind of feel like really sums this up pretty well by Albert Einstein. 
try not to become a person of success, but rather a person of value. You know, a person of success would only be pushing their own stuff 24-7, you know, as Gary Vaynerchuk would say, right hook, right hook, right hook, where a person of value, you know, that person is looking out for their audience and how their audience can benefit. Now, I know my audience can benefit by listening to the episode that went live today on Entrepreneur Fire because that is a free, valuable resource. So I'm going to mention it, but I'm not going to, it's not going to be the only thing that I mention. And I want to, you know, give a lot of those jabs, um, that value first. And that was really been the focus on my business. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's great stuff. In terms of your, your forward planning, did you ever, I know you say you live in that 30 to 45 day, uh, buffer. Did you ever get close to faltering? Were you ever, uh, uh, getting nervous underneath that level. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, honestly, and I'm all about transparency. You know, we could even talk about, you know, how transparent I love to be uh, in a little bit here. But no, I really haven't. Um, I even went on a two two week uh, trip in May to Europe. You know, I went to um, Cinque Terre and Prague and Paris and um, Switzerland, and it was an amazing trip. But, you know, I was living in about, I put myself up to like the 55 or 60 buffer so that when I got back, I was actually even still above 30. And just so I wasn't like getting back from a vacation kind of stressed out. And so I've always kept that buffer where it's at and even pushed a little over when I knew that like something like that was coming because it was a pretty much 100% unplugged vacation. Yeah, yeah. For that then, for, so when you're actually talking to people, so when you, we've talked about kind of planning ahead, actually scheduling the podcast there, when it comes to actually doing the interviews, do you, what do you have in front of you? Do you sort of note down a lot of stuff about the interviewees or do you take the view that it's good to actually not have that information so that you can draw out stuff yourself? So when I wake up on Tuesday morning, I literally don't even know nine times out of 10 who I'm interviewing that day. Um, I wake up, I open up my scheduler and I see, I know that it's a book day and then I'll see my list of the eight guests and then I'll go to that actual first guest um, and open up a Word doc that I had had my VA create the week before and in that we'll have a 50-ish word bio and that will typically be all that I know about that guest is just that 50-word bio that my guest created themselves for this episode. Um, and that's, of course, unless I, you know, have been following them prior, like, you know, the Gary Vaynerchuks or the Michael Hyatts of the world, where I just know more about them just through my own consuming of their contents. But nine, again, nine times out of 10, my only knowledge of that person will be this 50 word bio, which isn't a lot. It's a few sentences um, because because I do want to come at it as a host of a place of learning. You know, I, I want to be asking them, you know, and, and really hearing for the first time their stories of a failure, their stories of an aha moment, you know, their stories of their proudest moment. You know, these are the questions that I ask consistently in Entrepreneur on Fire. Um, And of course, we always get unique and different answers to all of those questions. And I want to have a very genuine and, and, and just very, I think genuine is just probably the best word. I want to have a very genuine response um, to that story, hearing it for the first time. Yeah. Do you think you're, you do have quite a nice structure to your show? Obviously, anybody that listens will know that you ask very similar questions each time. Um, and it does, you're right, it brings out completely different answers every time. But do you find that that helps in terms of planning too? That definitely helps in terms of planning. It takes a huge weight off of me, the, the podcast host, with eight back-to-back interviews because you know I have that reliance on the structure. I have that reliance on the flow. I know, you know how I'm going to be asking these questions, and you know, and that is really is really important. I, I really do think that 
Cliff Ravenscraft's and Jamie Tardy's um, kind of forecast probably would have came true if I just had an open interview show because just the the thought process and the stress and the strain of doing just one interview is pretty big on the host. Um, but, you know, to, to multiply that by eight and to have eight back to back, you know, that can be a lot. So that, especially in the early days when number one, I was inexperienced. Number two, I was, you know, a naive uh, broadcaster. And frankly, I wasn't good. Um, all of those things combined, like I wouldn't have made it through that period of, of getting good, of, of, you know, every single day getting just a little bit better to where I'm at now, where, you know, I do feel like, and I do now when I have repeat guests on my show, we just rap, you know, we just have a conversation about something they're doing now and how it can help entrepreneurs. Uh, but that structure, that format is in place for a number of reasons. But the number one reason was definitely for me at first to kind of have that crutch to lean on. Yeah, no, I, yeah, like I say, I think it does. It, it still does bring out really unique stuff every time. But I, I just can't, um, <laughs> I can't imagine doing an eight interview series any other <laughs> way. Really, I've I've been trying to record five at a time uh, for my current series, and it's, I'm already finding that quite hard. And that's fifteen to twenty minute episodes. So, it's right, much, much respect it? to yourself. <laughs> Thank you. And real quick, so you, you call them CDs? What is that? CDs? Oh, series. Sorry, series. It's like uh, seasons. I think you call them in the US. Oh, seasons. Okay, seasons, yeah. I yeah. was just, I was wondering. I was like, oh, is this a podcast or is this going to go on a compact disc player? <laughs> oh yeah, no, I'm really old fashioned. I just get uh, yeah, no, post out the plastic discs to. Uh, to <laughs> so funny. <laughs> um, cool. Well, that's us. We're coming up towards the 25 minute mark, so I just wanted to squeeze in. Uh, you, you mentioned earlier on, um, I think two tools, and I got one out of you. So you said scheduled once. Uh, so you, in terms of if you were to recommend a couple more tools or tips for people to. Uh, facilitate their planning, what would that be? Okay. So, I mean, one thing that is really important, this is something that like Ramit Sethi has said multiple times, um, you know, on different podcasts that I've had him on, um, webinars, all this stuff is if it's not in your calendar, it doesn't exist. And so if you're going to be scheduling anything, if you're going to be planning anything, it has to be in a calendar. And I think what's really important, Colin, which people really don't do, and I'm still kind of guilty of this, but I'm getting a lot better is you need to be planning um, time that's not planned time, so to speak. Like instead of just leaving 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. open, being like, oh, that's an open period. Like, no, like book that period in your calendar saying, you know, this is free time. Don't schedule anything else here. You know, this is my time to do whatever, you know, I need to do at this point because then that white space seems to get filled up and it happens to me, it happens to everybody. So, you know, be very particular about booking um, everything on your calendar because unless it's on your calendar, it's not real. Like I book my workouts times that I work out. I, you know, I book, you know, my times to go for a, like a, a, a mile walk, you know, to go paddle boarding, you know, of course, interviews and calls, but I book everything on my calendar because that makes it real. And that's really, really important to me. And on another note, a tool that I think is really critical, and there's a couple tools I can give um, that work really well. It's so important to have a to-do list. Like a to-do list is so critical so you can have a nice clean way to really be number one, having a list of things that you want to do. But number two, and this is very important for the subconscious, seeing actually you checking things off that list. So I love Workflowy and Wonderlist. Those are two great tools that I use for my to-do list. And a really important tool that's actually the number one rate, um, the top recommended tool of all the resources that have been recommended on Entrepreneur Fires 700 and now like over 60 episodes is Asana. If you're going to have a team, 
um, you need to have a sauna as part of your as part of your program. It's completely free. It allows you to communicate with that team in a really organized, task oriented format, which is just critical to getting stuff done. Great stuff. I, do you know, I've heard of uh, the, the other ones, Workflowy, excellent stuff, yeah. Uh, Asana, I've never used myself, so I'm going to go and check that out. Yeah, one of the early, early um, people that like, worked with Mark Zuckerberg on Facebook, you know, broke off mm-hmm. and created Asana. And it's completely free and it's beautiful. Brilliant. Great stuff. Well, thanks, John. Thanks so much for taking the time to chat to us. Colin, it's truly been a pleasure, my man. And where would you like people to find you just now? What, what is it you're working on? Where do you want people to go? Well, all the magic happens at eofire.com, Colin. And I know your listeners are um, big into podcasting, and we do a completely free live podcast workshop every single Wednesday where we teach people how to create, grow, and monetize their podcast. Um, And that's at podcastersparadise.com. And even if you're over... In, uh, in Europe, you know, we do it at noon Pacific, so it's still in the early evening for you Europeans. And uh, there's also a 24-hour replay that comes along with that, so you'll be able to have access to, to watch it for the next day at your leisure. But we do that every single week. It's free, it's live, and uh, it's at podcastersparadise.com. Indeed, great stuff. Thanks very much. Thank you, Colin. And have a great day. You too. If you want more of everything podcasting, from equipment guides to podcasting courses, head over to thepodcasthost.com. And don't forget to give us some feedback. Leave a comment at podcraft.net or send Colin a tweet at the podcast host. Thanks for listening.